This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Life. Episode 7, Hal's Halloween. Hal was a homebody, which is rare for a rat, especially in New York City, because most New York rats scurry about the busy streets, hanging out around restaurant dumpsters or hiding out in alleyways. While humans ran back and forth between the subway and giant skyscrapers, the rats secretly ruled the city. See, most people will tell you that hotshot humans run New York. The bankers, the brokers, but that's far from the truth. In New York City, rats are king. 
people are just wind-up toys that march back and forth, working, working, working. But rats, they do all the living. Humans, for the most part, don't like rats. They always scream or freak out when they see them. But what's funny is that rats are actually not scary at all. It's people glued to their phones with their big fat feet stomping around not paying attention that are scary. That being said, it is kind of ironic that rats in real life aren't scary animals because their favorite holiday is Halloween. For them, it's like Christmas. And while they share many of the traditions you humans enjoy, like trick-or-treating, dressing up, decorating the house, they have a whole lot more. For example, one of their favorite Halloween traditions that's especially big in New York is called the Big Stink. It's where all the rats in the city bring their stinkiest cheese to Central Park, mush it together somewhere the humans can't find it, leave it for several months, and then come back on Halloween night to enjoy a feast of the biggest, stinkiest block of cheese you've ever seen. I'm talking the Empire State Building of Stink. It's beautiful. Almost every rat in the Big Apple counts down the days till Halloween night when they can get their piece of the Big Stink. I say almost everyone, because there's one little rat who doesn't look forward to it. Little Hal Harrison from the Bronx. He's the youngest of 32 siblings. His mom had four litters in a year, and he was the last pup to come along. Raising 32 ain't easy. As you can imagine, she stayed home with the wet little fur balls while Hal's dad worked all day. He was a plumber mostly working in residential buildings, but sometimes when he was real lucky, he got to work on the pipes of the big fancy schmancy hotels. For years, Hal and his family lived in a big spilled trash can in an alleyway between Union Square and Park Avenue, right next to Union Square Park, a great place for a picnic or a game of grab-the-tail football. It was a good life, simple and comfortable. That is until the garbage man finally found their tipped-over trash can and emptied it. Since then, they'd been without a real home. For the time being, all of them crammed into a wet little Amazon delivery box behind the deli. It was hot. Hal wasn't excited to come home anymore. The only thing to brighten the family's spirits was the upcoming Halloween holiday. Hal just wanted it to be over and done with. He wished he could escape the constant chatter about trick-or-treating, the candy, and the big stink. But that's all the city could talk about. Well, Halloween eventually came, as it always does, and Hal, too disinterested in finding a new costume, just borrowed a hand-me-down from his older brother Jack. It was a splinter costume, you know, the sensei rat from the Ninja Turtles, except nobody knew what he was supposed to be. They just saw the ragged robes and walking stick and assumed he was a beggar. People'd get it if you just do a couple karate moves, Jack said, trying to encourage him. Here, try something like this. Jack threw a couple punches and a kick, which was nearly impossible to do in his petticoat grandma costume. Hal shook his head. Can't we just get this over with? Oh, come on, Hal. Stop being such a wet rat, said his older brother Max. He was dressed as the hunchback of Notre Dame, which was perfect since one of his eyes bulged more than the other and he already walked with a slight hobble. He'd stuffed a pillow in the back of his shirt for the hunchback hump, but every time he walked it would droop to one side. I know you get spooked and you don't like Halloween, yada, 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 but don't go losing your cheese, all right? Mom and Dad are making us take you along with us, and we don't want you slowing us down. We got a lot of candy to score. This year's bounty's gonna be huge. We're not stopping by Mr. Taylor's house this year, are we? Hal asked. 
Mr. Taylor was a teacher at their school who always served homemade donuts and hot chocolate in front of his house. If he left it at that, Hal wouldn't have a problem. But he also wore these over-the-top costumes, most of which were too scary-looking for Hal, and Hal didn't like scary, which is one of the many reasons he wanted to avoid the house. Mr. Taylor was famous for taking the holiday way too seriously. Some rats said that he lived in a haunted house year-round just to stay in character, a true method actor, the Daniel Day-Lewis of rats. Hal's brothers grinned, their crooked teeth showing beneath their pink noses. We'll see, they said. Hal and his two older brothers set out with their plastic Ziploc bags they'd found in the trash and went door-to-door trick-or-treating. They made their way through the alleyways between the tall, glittering skyscrapers, the full moon's reflection glowing in the building windows. Max and Jack led the way as they bounced between the houses made of shoes, boxes, trash cans, and abandoned shopping carts, asking for treats and wishing everyone a happy Halloween. The only thing Hal wished was to go home. He didn't like seeing everyone dressed up as ghosts, weird goblin things, and wearing spooky plastic masks. For him, it was all too creepy to be fun. Not even his bag of candy could make him feel better. Most of the time, he spent looking down at his feet so he wouldn't have to see anybody. The only time he looked up was when they stopped by the Jacobsons, who had decorated their whole house in vanilla-flavored cotton candy. They stretched it out all over to make it look like spider webs, and trick-or-treaters got to pull it down by the fistful and stuff it into their bags. Check out the Russos, Jack said, cotton candy hanging off his furry chin and making him look like a grandma with a goatee. They're really getting into it this year. They looked and saw a little stage erected in front of the Russo's Ikea box house. On it, the whole family danced in sync to Michael Jackson's thriller. They shimmied and stepped in perfect harmony, as if they'd practiced all year for the performance. At the end of the dance, they tossed candy to their street audience. A couple blocks later, they were in Mr. Taylor's neighborhood. He lived under a bridge in a series of cereal boxes that had been cut, stacked, and taped together. Sitting in front of his Reese's Puffs box porch was a little table with a plate of donuts. They were piping hot, fresh off the fryer, and dusted with cinnamon and sugar. Next to it was a pitcher of hot chocolate. The only thing missing was Mr. Taylor. The gray-haired stubby rat was nowhere to be seen. Max and Jack ran up to the table and wasted no time helping themselves to the sugary feast. Hal, however, stood back. Something didn't feel right. It was unlike Mr. Taylor to not be manning his table. It wouldn't surprise him if he was hiding in the nearby bushes, waiting for just the right moment to jump out in a scary costume and scare the little tails off. Hal looked around the neighborhood. It was unusually quiet for this side of the bridge. Usually neighbors were out, enjoying the cool night and laughing over a cup of cocoa. Not tonight. Everything was as still as a graveyard. Pass me a donut, please? Hal asked his brothers from a distance. They looked back at him and chuckled. Gotta come and get it, Jack grinned. Hal took a few careful steps towards the table and then stopped. Had he heard something? Eh, it was probably just a bird. He stepped closer and again he heard it. There was no question this time. It was coming from the bushes. No bird would be hanging out around bushes like that, unless it was injured. 
The bush shook again, but this time something emerged with the sound. A tall shadow loomed over the table. A snake! Hal shouted. His brothers jumped back at the warning. When they turned, they came face to face with a huge, coiled python. Max caught his breath and then laughed. Wow! You got us real good, Mr. Taylor. Best costume yet. Yeah, you about gave me a heart attack, Jack added. This snake didn't respond. It just stared down at them with its menacing slit eyes, a thin slippery tongue flicking out of its mouth every few seconds. Max swallowed. Um, Mr. Taylor, joke's over. The snake slid closer. Jack tugged on Max's back hump, which had dropped all the way to his side. Uh, I don't think that's Mr. Taylor. Let's get out of here! The snake bared its very real fangs and hissed. Max and Jack booked it down the street, running past Hal in a blur. Come on, Hal, run! Jack shouted. He turned and saw that his little brother was too stunned to move, paralyzed with fear. So he ran back and pulled Hal out of the bridge just before the snake could get him. The brothers ran and ran as fast as they could, out from under the bridge, through the streets, all the way home. When they reached where they thought their house was, they found a big, tall pumpkin instead. Jack and Max had to double-check their surroundings to make sure they were in the right place. But when they saw the beige dumpster, red brick building, and the pizza parlor, they knew they were in the right spot. Back so soon? came their mother's voice. Mama! shouted Hal. He ran over and gave her a big hug. He'd never been so happy to see her. What happened, boys? The dad asked, stepping out from behind the pumpkin. Jack and Max told their parents the truth about the snake and how they'd barely escaped. Their parents told them there would be no future trick-or-treating unless they stayed in bigger groups and in busier neighborhoods. The boys apologized for not being more careful and said they would spend the rest of the night at home. What's with the pumpkin? Hal asked. He looked over the beautiful orange and white pumpkin with its wide sides and thick stem. Mom and Dad looked at each other. Welcome home, they said. We're going to sleep under a pumpkin? Jack asked, scrunching his furry face. No, we're going to sleep in the pumpkin, Dad answered. He handed them each a saw. Your brothers and sisters should be home in a couple hours. What do your boys say we try and get this thing done before they get here? Max looked down at his saw. But what about the big stink? If we work on the house, we'll miss it, and all the stinkiest cheese will be taken. Yeah, put a real good hunk of blue cheese in there this year, Jack added. How about we start our own tradition, Mom replied. This year, the Harrison family's trying something new. The boys agreed and then, following their parents' lead, started cutting away at the pumpkin. Max, Jack, and Dad cut out windows and doors while little Hal and his mom emptied the pumpkin's insides. Stringy goo and wet seeds clung to his fur as they worked. But it didn't bother Hal none. He'd much rather be doing this than be out on the streets. Once the windows and doors were cut, pencils were stuck into the pumpkin's floor and propped up a second-story loft made of cardboard. Curtains were hung from the windows, and porch steps were made from bottle caps. When the home was finished, they lit a small fire in the middle of the main hollowed-out room. Warm light shone through the carved windows and doors. 
Smoke danced up from the room and out the stem chimney. Hal stepped back with his parents and brothers and took it all in. It was the most beautiful home he'd ever seen, a place he'd be excited to come home to. Not long after they finished, all of Hal's brothers and sisters came home from trick-or-treating. They marveled and cheered at their amazing pumpkin home. It looked like a mansion compared to their old wet box. They stepped through the orange fleshy door and sat at a long Hershey bar table. As they took their seats, they shared each other's candy and talked about the night's events. All were amazed with the story of little Hal and the great Halloween snake. If it weren't for Hal's warning, we would have been toast, Max announced. Hal blushed. Jack took off his grandma wig and looked at his brother Jeff, who had a mouse trap clamped over him. Oh, nice one, Jeff, he laughed. That's the best costume I've seen all night. Jeff didn't look amused. It ain't a costume. Jack laughed even harder. You're killing me. No, seriously, get this thing off me. Hal's mom pulled out a batch of roasted and salted pumpkin seeds. Dad stood from the table to make an announcement. The room hushed. Let me first just say how glad I am you all made it home safely, he said, eyeing Hal, Jack, and Max. I wanted to remind all of you that in this family, when it comes to any holiday, what's most important is that we spend time together. Not everyone celebrates Halloween, and that's perfectly all right. Hal nodded dramatically. For others, it's an excuse to dress silly, eat treats, and have fun. Every family's different, and we need to respect that. For us, the Harrisons, Halloween or not, we should find every excuse imaginable to grow closer to one another. He looked over the pumpkin room. I must say, this here is one great excuse. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! They all shouted. Warm and cozy inside their new pumpkin home, the Harrisons talked and laughed and ate and shared and played card games around the table until the fire had burnt down to glowing embers. Hal was the last one to fall asleep. He looked out at the full moon that peeked out between two tall buildings and sighed. <sighs> if this is what Halloween was going to be about, he was all for it. Rocket Refill! Hey, Rocketeers! It's your host, Greg Webb. I hope you all enjoyed the story of Hal's Halloween. For those of you who celebrate Halloween, I hope it got you in the mood for the holiday. For those who don't, I hope it inspired you to start some new family traditions. My favorite Halloween tradition growing up was getting together with my family and carving pumpkins. We usually did it at my aunt and uncle's house, and I can't say I remember very many of the jack-o'-lanterns I carved. I was artistically challenged. But I do remember the bowl of peanut M&Ms that were always sitting on the counter. I also remember trick-or-treating on rollerblades. That is how you maximize your candy. I remember coming home and emptying that pillowcase on the floor and the Mount Everest of candy that came pouring out of it. I'm pretty sure I could do snow angels and all the candy I'd gotten. 
So what are some of your Halloween traditions? Are you carving a pumpkin this year? If so, send me a picture of your jack-o'-lantern. You can send it to purplerocketpodcast at gmail.com. If you're one of the many families that doesn't celebrate Halloween, let me know how you celebrate the fall season. What fun things do you like doing with your family during this time of year? I'd love to hear about it. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Life, which is a production of the Purple Rocket Podcast. Don't forget to tune in next Monday for an all-new episode. This is your host, Greg Webb.